Um, I really like what we're doing with different brand uh, crossovers and stuff like that. We recently had uh, MLW like with WXW. Um, we are doing New Japan versus MLW. So dwelling, dwelling more into that and like really, you know, bringing everyone up another level and sharing sharing the wealth in indie wrestling and in wrestling in general women's wrestling talk the number one women's wrestling show on the planet hello everybody and you're watching here women's wrestling talk which is the number one women's wrestling talk on the planet i'm astrid and today i'm here interviewing delmi how are you delmi hello i'm doing great yeah, thank you for being with me here today and taking some time out of your day for the interview here as well. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, I had to do a little dive into your, I, I went and I did some research on several interviews you had and on your socials too. And one thing that drew me to you, because I think it's something we somewhat have in common because I like a little bit of it, but not entirely. But that's one thing that it's like you're, you like a lot of Japanese culture. I ended up liking uh, Sailor Moon. So that's something that I wanted to ask you about. Like, what drew you to Japanese culture? Um, it's actually really pretty funny. <laughs> um, when I was little, like, I'm saying like four years old, like five years old, my family, my cousins and uncles always joked that I was actually adopted because I didn't look Spanish. I looked more like, you know, Asian. Um, and so they like always made the joke that I was actually adopted and they would call China after the wrestler um so I just like I knew I wasn't adopted <laughs> but I was like, well fine like I'm just gonna like find out what this is like and so, um I grew up with like Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon like the simple anime stuff and then from there I was lucky enough where I grew up with like the internet was starting to be a thing mm -hmm. so from there I was able to like research a few things like I liked anything that had to do with Japanese culture. Like I taught myself how to make origami. Um, I taught myself how to do like uh, the writing. I like went to a high school that taught Japanese because I wanted to learn it. Um, mm -hmm. It's actually a college preparatory school. And I was like, I don't want to go to college, but like they have the language that I want to speak. So I studied really hard so I could get into that school. It was, yeah. Yeah, I like that because I, yeah, I, I don't know how it started, but I remember like my mom is used to buying Hello Kitty. So I ended up buying Hello Kitty because I've seen it so many times. I ended up liking it. And same thing with like Sailor Moon. I don't know where I got it from, but I started like getting things here and there and I got intrigued by that part of the culture. So I, I remember watching th their shows, at least for Sailor Moon. But it also made me think, like you said, based on your answer now, too, because one thing that we also have in common is that we're both Latinas. So I want to talk about like, what is that for you? And how important is that representation for you being on screen and showing that you're a Latina as well? Um, I don't think it's something that I got right away when I started wrestling. Um, when I did start wrestling, me and I were some of the only in our area who were wrestling. And so it didn't click to us right away that like it was important. But coming around now, I'm like, oh, like this does mean stuff like it does have an impact and it does have weight. Like, even though I didn't grow up being like super proud of my culture, cause I didn't really understand it too much. And I wasn't like close with my extended family. Um, now looking back on my childhood, I'm like, I'm really happy that I grew up the way I did because 
if I didn't, then I wouldn't be the person I am. But I'm happy I like had those foods in my house. I'm happy I had those like crazy problems with family. Like I'm happy mm -hmm. those are the things that I relate to. Like it's almost funny when you see a comedian who's, you know, Latino and they like say the jokes and you're like, ah, oh, yes, like <laughs> we are toxic. <laughs> I think the ones that enjoy the most is when they do the jokes about vapor rub. And I was like, Jish, at least what's that in my family? Every time it's like, you got to cough vapor rub. Your nose is running vapor rub. That's the answer to everything. <laughs> well, <so> eat it. <laughs> yeah, I remember because I was watching Blue Beetle not too long ago when it, I think the weekend it came out. And that was one of the jokes in the, one of the scenes. And I was like, that is so relatable. I can tell, I can tell already by the, by the container what it was for that. And then showing the label, I was like, that's vapor rub, isn't it? <laughs> it's one of those things like when you're Hispanic, it's like, here, it's for everything. Yeah. And like, I love having that. I love knowing what it was like growing up in that. Yeah. Um, another thing that I, I, I think I, I've learned, if I got it correctly, from one of your other interviews, too, is that you're also somebody that likes a lot of, like, I want to call it emo music, I guess, if you want to categorize it like that. Uh, did you have a particular band that you liked? Um, I don't know if it falls in the emo category, but it's Bright Eyes. It's actually my favorite fan, uh, band. They're more like indie folk. I just like sad music. <laughs> like, it's such a bad thing. Like, I could be having a good period in my life, and I'll be listening to, like, a breakup song. And my boyfriend's in the other room, like, um, hello, like, <laughs> you're really <laughs> Hello, right here. <laughs> And I'm just like I just like it just feels relaxing. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> relaxing. I feel you. I feel like I have like from like those moments that I'm like really stressed. I'm like I listen to it even if I don't sing along. Just because it it makes me feel like I can I'm taking out the anger when I'm li just listening to it at times. It just feels I don't know like I can relate to it in that sort of way. Um, but I wanted to get now into like the wrestling aspect. It's just. Um, learning about you and when you started wrestling, what was that moment when you realized that you wanted to train to become a wrestler? Um, it was exciting. I was uh, signing up the school that my sister was, so cool to be able to do it with her. Yeah, and like you mentioned, your sister and I, I've seen in other interviews you have as well. How was that? Just training with her, even learning and watching wrestling with her, and even training with her, and even tag teaming with her too. What was that experience like? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Like I couldn't have uh, had a better experience starting out wrestling. We always had each other to protect each other and like go to and like vent to each other with things. So it was really easy um, putting matches together, traveling together, traveling with someone, you know. Yeah. And going back to thinking when you, when you started to watch wrestling with her, what was that moment that drew you into, you know, watch wrestling and think there's this is something that I can see myself doing sometime in the future that you have like a particular match or a particular person that really drew you in as you were watching it? Um, no, I actually didn't grow up thinking I would. I mean, as a kid, like you always like play around and mess around and I'm like, um, but um, I kind of knew I couldn't do it because and I don't know why I knew this as like a six year old. But I kind of knew I couldn't do it because I was a girl. Because as a six-year-old, my brain was understanding that the men's and the women's wrestling looked different. And I wanted to do the men's wrestling. But I was like, but I guess, like, you can't if you're a girl because it doesn't, like, 
my brain was young, but like the way my brain thought, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you can't do that because of that. And I remember feeling very defeated as a child when I saw um, there was a Trish Stratus like segment where she like took off the towel and like jumped into Vince McMahon's arms. And I remember thinking as a child, like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like that. I don't know. I just think mm-hmm. it's really sad. Like looking back at my thoughts, I knew I couldn't. And I think that's what makes it so much more important with how far we've come. Even if people say like, oh, the storylines aren't good enough, but like, mm-hmm. look at how far we've come. A little girl can mm-hmm. watch nowadays and she can dream to be a wrestler, not just a valet, not just mm-hmm. a commercial babe, not just someone who's like doing some weird like food competition. No, she can dream and be a wrestler. And I didn't have that growing up not saying like Mm -hmm. boohoo me but like I didn't have Mm -hmm. those thoughts growing up because I didn't see it yeah I I've been through like something similar when I kept watching it and thinking oh this I don't think this is something for me because the women were not really well represented at the time and then I started watching impact and that's what drew me because I like how impact was using the women at the time and giving them that spotlight that other companies were not and I and I saw that kind of like kind of like a happen, like a chain reaction and seeing other companies do it afterwards as well. And it made me realize it's like, okay, this is something that can inspire other women to become wrestlers. Not be like you said, because I'm thinking now of how it looks versus how it was before as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really different. And I know we like now when they like say the history of it, they like point out the good matches and it's like, but you guys didn't really let us have those good matches that often. Like we got yeah. those good matches maybe once every other month. Yeah. And when you started to train, what was something that you learned while you were training that you didn't think about before because you're seeing that from this like new aspect as you're training? Uh, honestly, everything. <laughs> Every move, whenever they like called in, they're like, this is this. My brain was just like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is that. <laughs> like, I don't know. There was a lot. I guess because I didn't do like an... Um, would you go like a sport where you're fighting? Like I didn't have mm-hmm. a background going into wrestling, mm-hmm. which anyone who wants to get into wrestling, you don't need, but it is, it does help to do some sort of sport. At mm-hmm. least I didn't have like a fighting background. So they're saying all these like judo moves and I'm just like, cool. <laughs> cool <laughs> I just want to do a Rana. <laughs> they're like, when do we learn Rana's? <laughs> And thinking also like when you think about that training aspect as you're as you're starting, do you have any piece of advice that somebody taught you that has stuck to you ever since and you like haven't forgotten about it even now? Um, I met Paige uh slash Soraya when I was first starting to train in the mall. And I like approached her, obviously one 17 year old do seeing their idol. <laughs> and I approached her and I was just like, hey, like I'm like fan i'm trained to be a wrestler and like is there anything i don't think i asked her for advice but i asked her for a photo so i took the photo and then she was like oh you know just like keep training uh stay hungry stay humble and so that's been me for like the past 10 years now (laughs) just like staying in there and like not getting too like egotistical about something i accomplish i'm very much like okay awesome i'm glad I did this. I'm glad, like, we got to this, you know, next level. What's next? I'm constantly, like, what next kind of person. 
in thinking of what's next, I know you recently went to Germany. Is there anywhere, like I know you've also been in Japan as well to wrestle. So is there anywhere you haven't wrestled in outside of the U.S. that you would like to go to sometime soon? I would love to go to back to Europe uh, and try to do like the U.K. and go to Ireland. I love um, OTT, over-the-top wrestling. I like discovered them during... 2020 when everything was shut down and I just like fell in love with their product. I had seen a few matches but I hadn't like watched full shows and so sometimes with like independent wrestling when you actually sit down and you watch a full show of like you can see like the thought process much clearer like you can see how much like love and attention was put into this product and it's just so exciting to see it's like man like these people care yeah, and thinking of like so far with all the shows that you had, do you have any, if you remember, any kind of fun or memorable experience that you have with the fans so far, even in independent shows, I say? Uh, <laughs> there's like a lot of like fun memories I have with fans, but I don't think anything is like like a story. Like it's mm-hmm. not a fun story. Yeah. I'm like a bad storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thinking about storytelling, um, I wanted to know also about your nickname, the God Queen. You know, how did you come up with that nickname, and what does that mean to you, too? Um, I've been saying this a lot, but I feel like I really like matured within the past like year or two, and came into my own of who I am as a woman. Um, for a while, I was, and I still am. I was a tomboy, and I was very like self-conscious and like try to make myself small so not be in the way of anything you know I was very like concerned with my presentation um early on in wrestling I had like there was a few people who were like trying to like say that I had an ego and like just coming across as strong just because I had opinions on things and like voiced them and so after that, I kind of made myself into like a small little thing in the room so I wouldn't like bother anyone or step on toes. And after this like past year or two, I don't know what happened, but I really just like grew up in a way where my maturity has come in and I'm like, oh my God, like, okay, I'm entering adulthood now. <laughs> and it's kind of exciting. Um, I'm really like more proud to be a woman. Like before I used to feel so burden with it where it's like okay like don't do this because you're a girl if you do this like you're gonna come across the wrong way and now I'm just like who who cares like I know I'm not the problem here like I'm just being myself I'm just like you know doing a small thing that makes me happy it's not affecting anyone personally so why should I be apologetic about it and so I'm just really into that I am female, hear me roar kind of mentality with it. And God Queen just felt like that. It felt like this strong mindset of I'm here and I'm not in the way. Yeah. Um, I also want to think back of like your experience wrestling in the pandemic. How was that for you, especially like I, I, when you were in AW, for example, when you had no fans and you had was like, peers to put it like that and at ringside in the audience too so how was that experience like wrestling in the pandemic in that kind of setting um it was okay it was fun because you would go out and wrestle your match and then you would kind of just relax in between before and like after and um 
watching your friends matches and like cheering i was the loudest cheer whenever we did like the that limitless i would get so into them i'd be like no way and it was just like genuine um but that's just how i am and it was rough because like because there's no crowd there's a little bit less adrenaline and so you actually feel like all the moves you're like this sucks yeah. um i also want to think back of you being now with MLW and what is your goal with the MLW's featherweight division and your championship reign as a whole? Um, I really like what we're doing with different brand uh, crossovers and stuff like that. We recently had uh, MLW like with WXW. Um, we are doing New Japan versus MLW. So dwelling, dwelling more into that and like really, you know, bringing everyone up another level and sharing sharing the wealth in indie wrestling and in wrestling in general and thinking of that crossover too is there anybody from a particular company that you would like to face in any kind of crossover like that um soraya from aew um mercedes monet i know she's not tied to any company right now but she was in like new japan uh new japan strong um trinity right now is an impact and she's killing boarding and the virtuoso barraza would be insane to like cross over with from impact um just to name a few i won't <laughs> take them to <laughs> no i feel you and those are interesting names that i definitely would love to see your face sometime soon so that's definitely i would I, I would like to see there as well and thinking that was well of the mlw locker room how is that different in the environment now compared to other locker rooms you've been in in the past too I really like the MLW locker room in terms of like a TV production locker room. It feels super friendly. Um, it's inviting. The camera crew and the production staff are all so like happy to be there in terms of what they're recording for you. They don't care if like you have to do another take. I've been at like indie shows where God forbid you have to do another take for your promo. They're just like, and it's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I messed up a word. You know what? Just use that one. It's fine. I'll look like But there, they're like, all right, like, they're like trying to have fun with it. And they're genuine about it. They're like, oh, let's do this instead. Oh, what if we say it like this? Just like, it's fun for that reason. Like, it makes finding to go to work. And the one and last question I had for you is from two friends of mine who are huge fans of MLW that I like to cover very often, um, Bobby Monson and Papa Smokes. So oh, yeah. because I knew I was going to interview you, I told them I, I think you have one question for you if they wanted to. So they collectively wanted to ask this. Um, they said, with the return of Selena de la Renta and MLW and her mentioning that she's bringing up Solucidors to the company, is there any particular names that you would like to wrestle against when it comes to that aspect of Luchadors? Um... I actually don't watch enough lucha wrestling, which shame on me. So I don't have any names, <laughs> unfortunately. But I'm yeah. open to anyone. Oh, so there you go, boys. It's an open challenge more than anything. Whoever wants to come face tell me, there it's open. Those are open there for you. <laughs> um, I know I wanted to thank you for being here with me today and more than anything and taking time out of your day for the interview as well. Um, is anything that you would like to tell people where they can find you and what else do you have going on sometime soon? Yeah, um, so all my social media handles are at DelmiXO, that's just my name, and you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, 
I recently posted some Germany vlogs onto my TikTok for everyone to watch, so go and check those out. And tomorrow, I will be wrestling Maxi Impaler or Maxi Poo, as I like to call him. <laughs> and you can check that out on IWTV.live. Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you for watching. My name is Ashley, and thank you for watching Women's Wrestling Talk. This is the number one woman's show on the planet. Thank you, everybody. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.